thank you for joining us today on Healthcare Highwire. Today is the Director of Nursing Leadership Series, learning to be good communicators with strong clinical knowledge and leadership skills. Welcome everyone, and thanks for joining me today on the LCS Director of Nursing Leadership Podcast Series. I'm Sandy Toole, and joining me today is my colleague, John Back. Today, we will be discussing nursing resiliency. And I think this is even more meaningful following the ending of the pandemic and the public health emergency. Hello, John, and thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Well, let's start with the definition. Resilience is defined as the ability to positively adapt to difficult and trained situations. I think we could go without saying that resilient nurses can cope better with negative outcomes related to the job, including what burnout, anxiety, depression, and stress from those staffing shortages. Now, John, you and I have talked about this, and I know you've been doing some research on this topic. So what can you share with us today? Yeah, thank you, Sandy. Since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic, as you mentioned, stress, burnout, and psychological trauma are at an all-time high for nurses. And the negative effects of this are quite concerning, but it's important to note that even prior to the pandemic, suicide rates for female nurses were double the national rate for women in general. And when compared to healthcare workers as a whole, nurses are 70% more likely to commit suicide than female doctors. And the COVID-19 pandemic only made this worse. The increased burden of care combined with less staff, increased regulatory requirements, and overwhelming compassion fatigue had an overwhelming impact on nurses. The physical and psychological burden has led to increased stress, burnout, mental illness, and even suicide. Uh, there's a lot of statistics on studies that have been done for this, and healthcare workers exposed to COVID-19 report fear, insomnia, psychological distress, burnout, anxiety, depression, and have symptoms of PTSD. And 25% of nurses who were evaluated were exhibiting symptoms of psychological distress. And in addition to all of that, nearly 1,200 nurses died as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic just during the first year. And you can see the show notes for some of the studies that are referenced for this data. Wow. Uh, those are some shocking statistics. I absolutely had no idea that nurses, you, I think you said 70% more likely to commit suicide than female doctors. That is just crazy. It's no wonder we're seeing a decline in nurses as a profession. And also, you know, retention and recruitment is at an all-time low. So with all that being said, what can we do as nurses and leaders to avoid those negative outcomes? Yeah, nursing leaders haven't been immune to the effects of the pandemic. There's a lot of focus on frontline staff and frontline nurses, and rightly so. But nursing leaders have also experienced the high burden of bedside care and participation in that as well as the administrative burdens of increased regulations and the staffing challenges that we now see. And this is why it's important to discuss self-care and personal readiness. Uh, personal readiness is actually necessary for professional readiness. If we can't care for ourselves, 
then we won't have long-term care and leading others. And in addition to that, leadership comes from a place of giving. So if we are going to invest in others as leaders and provide motivation and lead teams, then we have to be healthy. And those who are suffering the effects of burnout and are struggling will not be able to lead effectively for very long. I like that term you use, personal readiness. And you also mentioned burnout. And we know this is just so common in our industry. What are some tips for managing this? It's very common, almost every event in nursing now, to talk about burnout in nursing and focus on avoiding burnout. But the reality is that most of our nurses are already experiencing burnout. We've moved past the prevention phase, and we need to focus on taking action to build resiliency. We need to find ways to offer meaningful interventions and promote healing for our nurses. You know, that's another great point you make. We are no longer in prevention mode and are looking for ways to just move forward out of this pandemic and into the next day. What are some ideas around this? Yeah, so a lot of people who know me know that in addition to being a nurse, I'm also a priest and I'm a Navy Reserve chaplain. And there's actually a lot of overlap in the signs of stress seen among military members and those who work in healthcare. Without realizing it, uh, many of our nurses are experiencing situations and symptoms similar to what would be referred to in the military as combat stress. As nurses, we know the importance of assessment tools, but we often don't use tools to gauge our own readiness or our own levels of health around caregiving. Uh, the Navy and Marines use a combat stress assessment tool. It's called the Combat Operation Stress Control. It's a table that measures readiness. And the idea of the assessment tool itself is pretty simple. It's green, yellow, orange, and red as categories. And if you are in the green, you're good to go. You're fit, you're well-trained, you're supported by your team, and you're healthy. If you are in the yellow phase, then you're in a state of reacting. You are in distress, have some anxiety and maybe some behavioral changes, but the yellow phase tends to be transient. You can recover when the environment or the circumstances change. You make it through a difficult time period and, and you revert back to green. But if you're in the orange category, you're injured. Uh, this is a state of ongoing distress or impairment. And this is an injury state which could even have a lasting impact, including changing of personalities. And a lot of nurses have experienced this through the pandemic. Uh, most severe, of course, is the red category. Those who are in the red category are ill. This is a state of stress injury that won't heal without professional intervention. It's a clinically diagnosable state, such as clinical anxiety, depression, or PTSD. And so we should have tools like this that we use to assess our leaders and our teams to help measure our resiliency and our readiness to serve. Well, that's interesting that you compare nursing to combat, and I really appreciate the assessment tool that you've described here. How would you use that, or what should we do if we notice combat stress as you described? Yeah, I think it's important that we change our messaging, as I mentioned, and stop messaging to nurses about avoiding burnout. Uh, many are already burnout. Uh, stop pretending that things are going to just naturally get easier. 
or better. One of the things that's helpful in the military training context of military readiness is that when they have training discussions about resiliency, they don't assume that things are going to get better. In fact, they assume that in a combat situation, things will get worse. So the focus isn't on avoiding burnout or avoiding problems. It's about building readiness and how we can prepare sailors, Marines, soldiers, and airmen to be resilient uh, at the time that they will face combat stress. I think this would be a healthier approach for nursing. And um, the Navy and Marines focus on building personal resilience by focusing on toughness in four basic areas of human life. They talk about physical toughness, which is fitness and health, mental toughness, which has to do with mindset and competence, social toughness, uh, so building connections and support, and then spiritual toughness, which is where we gain purpose and hope. So total fitness is viewed as physical, mental, social, and spiritual readiness so that you can endure combat stress. Okay, John, you know I'm a little bit of a fitness freak. I did my Marine push-ups this morning, but I think you're talking about more than just strength training here. Describe that toughness just a little bit more. Yeah, so it's a good recommendation would be that everyone as a part of building, responding to stress and building readiness and resiliency should really incorporate uh, daily readiness practices in the four areas of toughness that we mentioned. So for physical toughness, like yourself, you'll want to do some form of exercise or physical self-care. For mental toughness, everybody should have some measure of either a formal academic learning or mindset training, something to help them engage their mind and build mental toughness and learning. Also, social toughness is important. We live in a very isolated society right now. And so intentionally building connections with family or a tribe, people you have things in common with that go beyond just your professional life so that you have a social support network. And then finally, spiritual toughness, which is building in some form of spiritual practice, practice that will provide purpose or hope to your life. As a chaplain, of course, I would argue that one of the most neglected elements of personal readiness is spiritual toughness. Uh, there's a strong connection between spiritual toughness and resiliency because spirituality provides people with hope. Those who don't have some sort of spiritual connection in their life often find it hard to endure ongoing stress. And there's a lot of research data that supports those who have a strong sense of personal spirituality are more capable to adapt to stress and recover from mental and physical stress. There's a lot of work on this, but I particularly recommend the work of Dr. Harold Koenig. And I also want to make a note here that when I speak of personal spiritual toughness, I'm not speaking of any particular religion or personal beliefs. We all possess a spirituality of some kind, some sense of metaphysical truth, which provides meaning to our lives. And our personal spirituality may or may not be connected to a particular religion or faith group or defined set of beliefs. But regardless of those particular beliefs, spirituality is an important part of our well-being, and more and more data shows it's an important part of our health, especially in terms of dealing with stress and building resiliency. You've given us a lot to think about there, John. I like the way you defined spirituality and that connection between spiritual toughness and resiliency. Let's talk a little bit more about that. 
And so if I were giving kind of an introduction to ideas about spiritual foundations, I would frame the basics of this discussion around three things, uh, fundamental values, foundational morality, and then personal faith. And I'll use myself as an example for this. So for my fundamental values, you know, personally, I try to be a loyal, compassionate, loving person. Those would be my personal values. I also have communal values. And a good example of this would be the Navy values that I've been trained with of honor, courage, and commitment. So those values are important to me. There's also the question of foundational morality and how we shape our lives. So personally, I try to be a person of honesty and integrity and kindness and try to live that way in my life as a desire. And I also have communal morality, and that is based on nursing ethics. So as nurses, we share those values and ethics of do no harm, honor patient dignity, patient rights, things like this. And then in addition to that, we all have some sort of personal faith, however we express that. And for me, that has to do with beliefs in God. I'm a Christian. I believe in the afterlife and the Trinity. And I also have communal faith. I'm an Anglican priest, so I participate in the life of my church. That was very helpful, John. And honestly, I think you described yourself very well. I can see you in all of those values and descriptions there. So here's the big question. How do you assess spiritual toughness? Yeah, that's... That's a really great question. And the Navy Chaplain Corps, they are responsible for building this spiritual readiness in sailors and Marines. And they use a number of assessment tools for this. But one is helpful because it is modeled after the combat stress assessment tool that we were discussing previously. So the idea, again, is very simple. You have categories of green, yellow, orange, and red. And so from a spiritual assessment perspective, if you're green, you are fit. And, and green here means you have purpose, you have hope for the future, uh, you're morally consistent, and you have some core beliefs. If you're yellow, you may be experiencing some spiritual stress, and often that means you're neglecting your purpose or you're unsure about life's meaning, and that often means that you're less hopeful about the future and your moral decisions may be inconsistent with your beliefs. And sometimes people in the yellow, they start to have distance between themselves and family or their faith community. And for those who are in the orange category spiritually, they're depleted. These are people who are losing their sense of purpose or belief in life's meaning, and they often have little hope about the future, and their moral decisions may be poor and not aligned with the core beliefs that they really hold, and they may actually disregard their beliefs and become estranged from their family or disengaged entirely from their faith community. And those spiritually who are in the red, these are people who have come to a point where their life has no meaning. These are people who are a real suicide risk. They have no hope for the future. Often this is accompanied by extreme immoral behavior or erratic behavior, illegal behavior, and they've abandoned their core beliefs and often live in isolation from their family or faith community. So you can see we can take the combat stress model and apply it to spiritual stress or resiliency as well. Wow. Again, that's just a lot to take in there. I really like your explanation of this tool and assessment of spiritual toughness. And I'm sure we think we have days that are comparable to combat stress. 
So I hear you saying that spiritual toughness is the core aspect. How can nurses actually develop that? That's a great question. Of course, that we have to assess kind of where we are and uh, respond based on that. So for those who would be in the green category, the idea would be about staying spiritually fit and ready. And this really would just be engaging with spiritual practices of some sort of prayer, personal devotion, or meditation, however that's expressed, engaging with their social support networks and connections, faith groups, support groups, and so forth, and then having some sort of spiritual meaningful activities. Some, for some people, that's nature-based activities. For some people, that's artistic endeavors. For others, that's simply religious services. For those who are kind of identified in the yellow category and they're in a reacting or stress state spiritually, then I think it's important to focus on good coping versus bad coping. You know, in nurses, we're not known for our healthy diet. <laughs> and sometimes we're known for overuse of alcohol, drugs, poor choices, right? So it's about building good coping mechanisms for our stress versus bad. And then being very intentional about finding purpose make it a priority to evaluate what gives your life meaning and purpose, and then take action to incorporate spiritual practices into your life and be very intentional about forming community. I'll mention again, we live in a very isolated time. So intentionally joining a group of supportive people who can help create healthy habits in your life spiritually is really good. And finding some form of productive activity. Often nurses focus a lot on like total disengagement and rest. <laughs> and uh, while rest is necessary, instead of just trying to avoid what is bad or disengage, we also need to build in healthy habits into our life and certainly spiritually so. And for those who are in the orange category, this is a spiritual triage situation. So they're injured and depleted, and they've experienced some trauma that has had a psychological impact on their ideas about spirituality or hope or meaning in life. For those people, it's going to be very important that they review their value systems and really consider what is important to their life and how they can reprioritize their life around what is important. And then also review their purpose find out what is truly important to them and what they want to do with their life and renew hope. They need to outline future goals and map a future for themselves that looks brighter for them and provides joy. It's also important to team up with others. In the military, you have the concept of a battle buddy, right? You have somebody who kind of goes through your most difficult periods with you. And during training, they'll line you up with a battle buddy during the most difficult phases of things so that you have support for your healing. And for those in a orange spiritual triage situation, it's going to be important to seek professional help, to go to a professional counselor and not wait until things get worse. Have some sort of spiritual director or professional licensed counselor to help you work through some of the trauma you've experienced. And for some people, this may mean that they need to take a break. If they can't find healing in their current environment, they may need a change either personally or professionally so that they can find a place of healing. And finally, for those who are in the red category, these are people who are drained and clinically ill from a spiritual perspective, and they need professional treatment. They sustain trauma that will not heal without professional intervention, and they must find some sort of treatment for that condition. This can look different ways for different people. For some people, that means medical intervention of seeing a physician or a psychologist, psychiatrist. 
For some people, this is professional counseling with a therapist or a counselor. For some, this is pastoral care, finding a competent and trained clergy person who's trained in pastoral counseling or spiritual direction. And then for others, this is support groups, whether that be groups like Alcoholics Anonymous or something else formalized or informalized to support them through their time of healing in a more clinical way. Well, a couple things that you pointed out there, John, I really liked the good habits versus bad habits. I, you know, I pointed out earlier, I do get into fitness, but I guess my diet could use a a little bit of work there. And you also pointed out rest. And I guess one thing I'd like to just bring to the surface here is that LCS, we really value family in that downtime. And we're encouraged to take that time for breaks and rest, which I think is really good for all of us. As you pointed out earlier, many of our nursing personnel are still experiencing trauma from COVID and that pandemic period. How can we really help our teams with responding to this in a more positive way? Yeah, so there are a lot of good ideas about this. One I would point to and like to share with others sometimes, there was a priest named Father Henry Nowen. He was a Roman Catholic priest, and he taught about a concept that he called the wounded healer. And when we recognize our own weaknesses, failures, and wrongdoings, and we find some measure of treatment and healing for ourselves, then we're better positioned to care for others. And we cannot properly provide care to others without finding healing for ourselves. But as leaders, we have a responsibility to care for our team, and we must be intentional about this. We must let people know that we care about them, that we're in a position to listen to them, and that we have a desire to listen and provide meaningful help. I always note with people when it comes to leadership, you can't fake it. People know whether you really care about them or not. And then you need to assess your people, evaluate your team members and your peers for signs of trauma or burnout. And if you see that, you need to engage them. Be intentional. Don't ignore the signs of trauma and let people continue to to suffer under that or to decline in their own health and well-being. And then intervene. Find a way to provide meaningful support and offer intervention. The Navy uses an acronym that they actually do for suicide intervention training. It's very simple and I think effective. It's called ACT, A-C-T. And the model also applies to psychological support and intervention in general beyond just suicide. And so the ACT is just ask, care, and treat. So ask someone directly in the suicide training. They teach you. Ask someone, are you thinking about committing suicide? You have to get that out there as a reality. And in a similar way, even if we're not dealing with suicide situations, we need to be real and ask people, are you doing okay? How is your life? How are you coping with the stress that I'm seeing you carry around? And the next thing is we have to care. We have to provide presence, empathy, listening, and any kind of assistance in a healthy way that we can for someone. And then finally, treat. And this gets into making a referral, providing resources, doing if necessary in terms of preventing harm to someone a crisis response so the act model was really helpful because it challenges us to engage people directly to ask to provide some measure of care ourselves and then to refer them for treatment if needed well john this has been so insightful and just very very helpful Before we end today, are there any final recommendations you'd like to give for those who are trying to build personal resiliency? 
Yeah, I would recommend if someone doesn't already have spiritual practices in their life that they find and implement a spiritual practice that will help them provide spiritual toughness and resiliency and hope for the future. There are many ways to do this. Often people don't really know or have an idea about how to get started with this. So I'll just list a few items that people may not be aware of or or consider that they could incorporate into their life to build hope and spiritual resiliency. An obvious one is prayer, but they're all different forms of prayer. Uh, Meditation, different types of meditation from different traditions. Uh, Lectio Divina, which is spiritual reading of spiritual texts and meditating upon them. Uh, Practices of divine presence, whether that's being in a particular church or worship space or nature itself. And then, of course, journaling, mindfulness techniques, breathing techniques. Some people practice positive affirmations or they write out gratitude reflections. Uh, There are practices of guided imagery, which can help people work through healing, as well as more formal pastoral counseling. Of course, worship groups and faith groups of all kinds, and also accountability groups or support groups, like I mentioned before, Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, Some people even benefit from uh, sensory deprivation. People, it's becoming more popular, sensory deprivation tanks and things like this. And some people, artistic expression is a way of healing for them. So there are all kinds of different ways to do this based on your personal beliefs and your background and what interests you. But the important thing is to find a way to engage a positive sense of spirituality to build hope and resiliency. Those are all great suggestions there, John. I just want to thank you all for joining us today. We hope you found this information beneficial, and I recommend you join us on September 27th for the Director of Nursing Leadership Meeting, where we will continue this discussion around resiliency and personal readiness. And thank you, John, so much for the great discussion around this important topic. I look forward to hearing more during our live webinar. Thank you, Sandy. It was great to be with you. This is Sandy Toole and John Beck signing off. I look forward to the next Director of Nursing Leadership Series podcast, and I hope you will join us next time on Healthcare Highwire. Thank you for joining us today on Healthcare Highwire and the Director of Nursing Leadership Series.